The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Well, I first definitely remember, like I said, I had that Born in the USA tape and I listened to several of the songs uh, over and over again. There's there's actually, I I missed a chunk of the middle album so many times because what I figured out you could do is you listen to the first three tracks, you know, Born in the USA and Cover Me in Darlington County, then you could turn it over and you get Glory Days, Dancing in the Dark in My Hometown. So like I listened to those six tracks a lot and kind of, um, unfortunately, you know, as I would discover later, it was, you know, I, I kind of missed that middle part of the album. So, you know, I remember listening to that a lot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Leslie Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me tonight is Jake Ziegler. Uh, I assume not related to, uh, I'll see you on the top, Zig Ziegler? Uh, no, de- definitely not. Spelled a little bit differently. So yeah, That's what I thought it was, but you know, that's it's good. Um, one of my best friends is uh, Tom Zoller, and he always, um, when he writes his thank you, you know, at the end of a book, he always does it in reverse alphabetical because with a last name starting with Z, yeah. he was always last. So he does that. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's learning about that too, always being the last one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Jake, uh, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you decided to visit with us. Tell us a little about yourself. Um, well, I'm uh, close to 40, we'll say. How about, how about I'm, I'm between 30 and 40 years old. And, uh, okay. you know, I've been, um, like I, I was telling you a little bit before, I was born in Minnesota and uh, lived in Michigan for a good part of my life. Um, also lived in Omaha, Nebraska for a little while. And I even lived in Montgomery, Alabama for a little while. But uh, for the most part, you know, I was a, I'm a, I'm a Midwest guy and, you know, I was raised in the Midwest by good Midwestern parents. and. Um, yeah, and I like Bruce Springsteen. Good. Um, do you move for? Have you moved around because of work or? Yeah, yeah, that was mostly what I moved around for. Um, I I work in human resources now, uh, so I've worked in a couple of different places doing human resources. But for a short time when I was younger, I was a movie theater manager for a movie theater chain. Uh, so moved around. That's why I was in Omaha and, and in Alabama. Used to to manage movie theaters, and and that was a lot of fun. You uh you get fun stories working in HR, don't you? You get a yeah. If nothing else, you get a lot of them. There's just a, a high volume of things going on at all times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I um I manage a contact center on my day gig, and I've been doing that over thirty years. And you know, there's something new always comes up. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it is, there's plenty of them where, oh yeah, I've had this happen before, but something new's <laughs> always come up. So that's good. Well, Jake, I'm so glad you're here. Let's go back to the beginning. Talk to me sure. a little bit. Uh, you're growing up there in mm-hmm. Minnesota. What kind of music was your family listened to? What did you listen to as a little kid? Uh, mostly what I remember listening to uh, was a lot of just like the pop uh, kind of pop rock hits of the day. Like I, I vividly remember, and I think I even still have some of the CDs uh, that were in my dad's collection. Uh, you know, it was, you know, I grew up in kind of the mid eighties. So it's was kind of making the transition from vinyl to CD. You know, CD was a big thing. My dad had a six disc changer, you know, in the living room with the big sound system and, and all that stuff it was very cool. But I remember uh, several of the CDs that I really latched onto early on that I remember was uh, 
Genesis, uh, the 1983 self-titled album, and Invisible Touch. I remember the two CDs, the two Genesis CDs that he had that I remember listening to. And uh, you know, we had we had Thriller, of course, and Bad uh, were big albums. We had uh, the Whitney Houston albums that had come out that I remember. Um, you know, just a lot of like what was you know pop, you know, kind of popular. Not really. Um, not so much, uh, you know, 60s and 70s stuff. Like I didn't discover, didn't really discover like Dylan until much later. Um, but we did have the cassette tape for Born in the USA. So I very, very much remember listening to that tape as a kid. That was definitely the first Bruce Springsteen I ever heard. I take it you embraced your parents' music? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I still listen to a lot of that stuff. Uh, you know, like I still listen to Genesis and I love Phil Collins and um, you know, Huey Lewis, uh, my dad, you know, he had the, you know, sports and four, you know, whatever those albums were, those, those big Huey Lewis albums. Sure. <laughs> yeah, still like listening to that stuff. But uh, um, yeah, so I, I, you know, latched on with what my parents liked. And, um, you know, I've even been able to turn them on to some, some stuff later on, like, um, you know, like Springsteen would be one of them. They kind of got back into Springsteen because I wouldn't shut up about him. And um, you're like, you know, Johnny Cash when he was releasing his kind of late, uh, late life albums. I'm telling my parents, like, you guys should listen. I think you'd really like it. <laughs> you know, this is good. So, you know, I took some stuff from them and then they took some stuff from me and that's been, uh, that's been pretty cool. That's good. So as you got into high school, mm-hmm. uh, did your music started changing your musical taste, expanding? Talk to me a little about that. Yeah, it expanded. Um, I was actually just talking with a friend of mine the other night, though, about how, how sometimes I, I get a little bit narrow in my musical vision because there's you know so much Bruce Springsteen out there to listen to, or there's you know there's so much Bob Dylan to listen to, and there's so much Neil Young to listen to. There's just so many so many different things out there um, that sometimes I can you know get hyper focused on you know kind of listening to one thing. But that was um, when I got into high school. Those were kind of three of the biggest artists that I really started going after. You know, and they had all the albums. You know, because when I first started collecting you know, Dylan CDs in probably the late nineties or the Springsteen albums. I mean, there was, you know, 20 to 30 albums a piece, you know, to go back and like, you know, search for in record stores and, you know, like find, uh, you know, maybe you could find a copy of human touch in the the bargain bin at Meyer or something, you know, that was, uh, so there's so much to find, you know, all these, you know, hard to find Neil Young albums and, you know, these Bob Dylan imports and just all kinds of cool stuff like that. So that's, um, I really started getting into those three particular, you know, Springsteen, Dylan, and Neil Young. And then, uh, you know, I was a teenager when grunge was big too. So we really got into Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Nirvana and Alice in Chains and uh, bands like that. So those were kind of my two, two main groups. And then uh, REM and U2, you know, I got real big into them around that time too. Uh, REM was, was a pretty early, I liked REM pretty early on. My sister had the tape for Green. And I remember listening to that a lot as a kid. And, and I've, you know, R.E.M. to this day is still one of my favorite bands. So those were kind of the two, I like that old school, you know, folk rock singers, you know, like Springsteen and Dylan, and then like, the, you know, the real grunge type stuff would probably be like my two, the two things I really latched on to. Yeah. So talk to me if you can, when did you first become aware of Bruce? Mm-hmm. And if you can articulate it, what what about him spoke to you well i first definitely remember like i said i had that born in the usa tape and i listened to several of the songs uh over and over again there's there's actually I, I missed a chunk of the middle album so many times because what i figured out you could do is you listen to the first three tracks you know born in the usa and cover me in darlington county then you could turn it over and you get glory days dancing in the dark in my hometown so like i listened to those six tracks a lot and kind of um Unfortunately, you know, as I would discover later, it was, you know, I, I kind of missed that middle part of the album. So, you know, I remember listening to that a lot. And then uh, one of the first CDs I ever bought, it had to have been uh, like in the spring of 95. So it was when that Greatest Hits came out, uh, you know, the one with the white cover. He's got the, the guitar over his back. And, uh, sure. you know, I had I had gotten into watching the Oscars and the Academy Awards, you know, so I remember he had sung the Streets of Philadelphia song at the Oscars and, you know, picked up the greatest hits. I was like, oh, yeah, it's got the Born in the USA songs. I know it's got Streets of Philadelphia, which you know, I had known and really liked. So I was like, OK, I'll buy it. it was I want to say it was that and the self-titled Collective Soul Blue album, like the first two CDs I ever bought. Um, so I got a lot of use out of that greatest hits. And, um, uh, but what's really unfortunate is that the greatest hits, as you know, you know, I'm sure doesn't have anything from the first two albums. So those were kind of blind spots for me for, you know, for a long time. I hadn't heard a lot of the stuff on those, uh, 
on those early albums, but I really got into that greatest hits. And then I got uh, the ghost of Tom Joad came out later that year. Uh, and I remember getting that for Christmas and the album was good. I would learn to appreciate it, you know, a lot more later. It wasn't really like what 14 year old me wanted out of Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> you know, now that I'm, now that I'm 30, 38, I, I understand ghost of Tom Joad a little better <laughs> uh, than I did at the time. So I kind of, you know, kind of fell out uh, of Bruce for a little bit. And I remember finding the 18 tracks compilation at a, you know, like at a Meyer or a Walmart or whatever. And I didn't really know what it was. I hadn't really heard of tracks. You know, I wasn't even that keyed in yet. Um, but I looked on the, you know, the track listing. I saw, okay, growing up and I saw born in the USA. It's, you know, the demo version, but I saw that. It's like, oh, this must be some more, you know, compilation. And, and I listened to the songs like, man, this, these are really good. You know, what is, and I had to try to figure out what it was and, you know, where these songs were coming from. And, you know, that was 99 or 2000. So then it was, uh, you know, 9-11 happened after that. And I saw him perform My City of Ruin. And then The Rising came out and I was looking forward to The Rising. And I went to the store at midnight to pick it up when it came out. And that's really when I became obsessed, probably was after The Rising. When um, I always preface this, Jake, with the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. There can be a lot of factors that drive the amount of shows where you live, your economic situation, your age. So have you been able to see him live and do you count how many shows? Uh, Yes, I can count them because there, there aren't that many of them, but yes, I've, uh, I've gotten to see him three times. Okay. Uh, I went uh, once in 2003 uh, he played at Comerica Park in Detroit, um, which I think was like one of the f- first seasons or first events held in that park. I think the Tigers maybe didn't start playing there until the next year. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I saw him in 2003 and then 2004, they came back around to Detroit, played Cobo Hall on that Vote for Change tour, mm-hmm. where he played with, you know, John Fogarty was there and R.E.M. was there. Um, and then this band called Bright Eyes did the, the opening slot and then... Cobo Hall's right across the street from, uh, I want to say the, the Fillmore or wherever somebody else was, was playing that night. So then the Dixie Chicks came over when they were done and then they were on stage, you know, but at the end of the show. So, I mean, there was, you know, we put REM and E Street and Bright Eyes and Fogarty and the Dixie Chicks, but there's like 25 people on stage, uh, you know, playing by the end of the night. It was, that was pretty cool. Um, and I got to see that one with my mom, actually. I went with my mom. So that was something, um, you know, something we'll always have is very cool and then uh we got to see him one more time in 2007 i want to say it was at the palace of auburn hills and that okay. was right after the rising came out so he was playing a lot of the rising or uh, not i'm sorry not the rising uh magic right after magic had come out well very cool mm-hmm. you didn't make the second river tour no i did not make the second no i did not make that unfortunately uh, yeah, it's, we always, you know, we, we're, we're, we enjoy the ones we get to see, but mm. we also like, damn it, I missed that one. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. um, well, uh, any memorable stories from the shows that you want to share? Uh, well, it was really cool about, um, seeing him in 2004 was to see him with all these other bands uh, you know, to see him up there, you know, to share the stage with Fogarty and, you know, trading verses with Michael Stipe on Man on the Moon. Um, but it was just cool to see how, like, how how he's always in charge, you know, no matter who's on stage. I mean, John Fogarty is a legend, you know, Credence is amazing. Um, but, you know, and, and R.E.M. is a huge, you know, huge band. Michael Stipe's an amazing singer, amazing performer. And everyone just kind of lets Bruce, you know, control it's, it's he's like the ringleader of the circus it's really cool to watch him do that's what i remember most of them was watching watching him with all those other people and he was in charge you could just tell you know what i a couple of things that makes me think of that jake mm-hmm. um is when tom morella tells a story about the first time he's on stage with bruce doing uh ghost of tom joad right and they they're debating the key and and i don't remember the exact key but so forgive me musicians if i get this wrong but it's like bruce said it's going to be an f and it's going to be great (laughs) you know basically (laughs) you know and 
where I was like, okay, yes, you know, you're the boss. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I do, I also know, um, you know, I, like uh, many fans, I, I subscribe to Ken Rosen's, you know, daily email with this day in history, you know, and Bruce, and he talked about, I think it was just recently over the last week or so um, that Bruce was supposed to open for, I think it was John Sebastian and yeah. Sebastian heard the sound check and said, yeah, I think we'll switch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, like this guy's a loving, living, you know, loving, living, a loving spoonful. I mean, you know, yeah. just this is, you know, and then like, yeah, hey, let's, let's just switch. Right. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, that, remind, that reminds me too of a story I heard. Um, I want to say it was in uh, my freshman year of college. I had this uh, like history of rock music class. It was awesome. And uh, we saw this video and I don't even remember most of the context. I just remember it was an interview with Tom Petty and uh, they were, they were talking about Bruce and, and Tom was telling this story about how, you know, one time they had played uh, like a benefit show. And I think it was either like the night before Bruce's birthday or the night of his birthday or whatever. So like all through Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers said, you know, the fans are, are chanting for Bruce, you know, Bruce, Bruce, it kind of sounds like booing. So Tom got backstage. He goes, well, gosh, you know, why, why are they booing us out there? And so, no, 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 they weren't booing. They were just saying Bruce. Go, oh, okay. Well, what's the difference? Yes. <laughs> so they just wanted to see Bruce that night. <laughs> um, when Tom Petty died, I um, I told that story, and I I love that story. I oh, just good. love the idea that he's like, what's the difference, guys? I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is, and you just accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what were your thoughts of Western Stars and Letter to You? I have really, honestly, really liked both of them. Um, I, I like Western Stars a lot. I like how it, it feels very different from the rest of his albums. Uh, you know, it's really kind of a, a, a whole different atmosphere, a whole different vibe. Um, it, it, in, in, most of, in a lot of the way it sounds. I mean, I know he's, he's written songs like this before, you know, Devils and Dust or Ghost of Tom Joad. Um, but this one just kind of had a, and especially now that I've seen the movie a couple of times too, it had a really cinematic quality to it. And I'm, so I'm really glad that he kind of made, he made that movie, um, you know, with the live performances and everything, because that's uh, the album always felt very big to me. Like I, I think that some of the comparisons like you can compare it to, you know, Ghost of Tom Joad or, you know, Devils and Dust, but some of those are like smaller songs. Whereas I feel like the songs in Western stars are like, are really big. Like, you know, they're just, there's just these really big songs. And I just feel, you know, I picture these, you know, these wide open spaces. And I love that album, you know, the, the cover of the album, you know, that, that really sets, sets the tone. Um, and I, I did, I really liked Western stars a lot. Yeah, I did too. I, um, I, you know, I, I, I share this a lot in the podcast, but my mom especially was a big Glenn Campbell fan. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, so hearing those songs, you know, with the Jimmy Webb, Glenn Campbell vibe, you know, mm-hmm. really felt like, oh, man, I can't believe uh, just really well done. And I, I promise you, Jake, you know, I'm not revisionist. <laughs> I remember thinking, you know, God, this 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 album sounds so good. I wish you would do a small tour uh, of with yeah. that orchestra because you know when they did tucson train the video oh like, god yeah. i would love to see this just it and mm. and then i actually you know like like i mean even if they just even if they didn't come close to dallas maybe they'd film it and i could get a chance so then mm. when i got the chance you know then they did announce they were a film um it was just such a joy you know, first off, I'm jealous of the band. I'm jealous of everyone who got to go to the show. Sure. You know, the you know, and and the barn is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it, it's such a great experience. And you know, I've had a few people who are not Bruce fans that I've recommended saying, you know, if you want to have a Springsteen night, do Blinded by the Light and Western Stars. You know, a, yeah, a double yeah. feature. I said, and you'll you'll get a very interesting coming of age show story, <laughs> and then you know, kind of an insight to Bruce. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, in fact, I, I say this a lot, Jake, but it I, I'm a big fan of the TV show Justified. 
Oh yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, Elmore Leonard, it was based on characters Elmore Leonard had written Mm -hmm. and, and, and it feels like these could be a collection of Elmore Leonard short stories. Oh, certainly. Right. You know, it just, it, it has that feel that Mm -hmm. very, you know, literary, um, similar to Nebraska is a bunch of stories. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, um, and I guess for that matter, Tom Jode as well, you know, right. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, how about Letter to You? So let's talk about a little bit about it. Yeah, um, it's been a, I know it just we just passed a yeah, year. Yeah, we just hit the birthday. Yeah, yeah. When I remember, uh, you know, when it was coming out, um, and this sounds kind of silly, and then some of my friends would probably laugh at me if I, you know, says, but I remember, uh, you know, when it was coming out, and that you know, Apple TV was having their whole big premiere and everything, and I was watching some of that, and you know, I think at midnight. Um, you know, they're going to play the first song. You know, I think they'd already released what Letter to You and Ghosts, I think, had already come out. Yeah. Um, you know, had already been played. So I'd already heard those, but they were going to play like the next song from the album. And so it was like going to be at midnight. So staying up late, I, uh, I didn't have my daughter that night. She was with her mom. So, you know, staying up late, and it was just just myself. And, you know, God, I mean, the year everybody had in 2020, it was just, it was just awful. You know, there was just nothing, there wasn't a whole lot of good going around, you know, in 2020. So, you know, here we finally get to, and I know Western Stars had just come up, but like, I'm like, all right, we're, we're going to get some new Bruce music and this is going to be great. And I remember the first song they played was Burden Train. And I cried. I just, just, just cause like, oh my God, it's new Bruce Springsteen music. That's right when I need it. And this is awesome. And, and it was a great start to the album for me. So I, I ended up, I've, I really liked that one too. It's really, uh, it's, it's been a good year uh, for me with that album. Yeah. I have said that, um in fact just recently someone on facebook i think said oh it's been a year um do you know how do you think it's aged Mm -hmm. and and i said you know and a couple of them said well you know it's certainly not one of you know his greatest or something like that right and mm-hmm. and and I just answered. I said, "Look, I said I cannot, I can't distance from the context for me." Yeah. Right. Like it. I, and I'm just. I'm basically going to say exactly what you just said. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. 2020 was horrible. You know, we had had so much, you know, strife and 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 people just hating each other and there's just this politically horrible and then to say nothing of the hundreds of thousands of people dying Mm -hmm. and and all of a sudden you get this oh bruce is doing a new album what yeah and and then you know and then oh and wait a minute not only is he doing a new album he's he's doing a film of the recording of the album and oh, he's doing this massive PR where he had some of the best interviews of his career. Oh, yeah. And so I will, I try not to rank albums just because, you know, depending on the day, you know, like, oh, Tunnel of Love. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Born in the USA. Oh, well, Born to Run. Well, how about The Rising? Yeah. You know, how about Magic? You know, uh, Wrecking Ball. You know, I, all of them have many. But Letter to You will always have a point because it just felt like we had been sunburned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and your mom had taken the alloy, you know, yeah. cold cream and put it on your back. And all of a sudden you stopped hurting a little bit just for a little bit. And so that's the album feels that way to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the rising has a lot of similar qualities to that too. And that's, that's one thing about Bruce, um, you know, just on as a whole, uh, you know, comparing him to other artists. I mean, there's a lot of albums that I, you know, adore by a lot of different artists and, and they all have, you know, their own special meaning, everything, but not every artist, like not, not every artist, every album has a story, you, you know what I mean? But like yeah. with, with Bruce, every album is, is, you know, part of, uh, you know, part of one part of my life in a very significant way. You know, and I can't even say that about anyone else, even like, you know, even Dylan, like I, I don't have any connections to down in the groove. That's just a terrible hard album to listen to. And I don't, you know, uh, yeah. it, 
I, I don't really enjoy that one. But even Springsteen, I mean, I would say Human Touch is his, his weakest album. There's still songs on it that I love. You yeah, I, I totally agree. And and I I also have a connection. Um, you were talking about my first live show mm. was a rising tour. And in fact, um, you know, I loved your story about the rising because I was a I was a casual fan at best. You know, I'd bought Born in USA and Tunnel Love and I'd bought the live version, but I'd kind of drifted off, you know, just not listening to Bruce much. Mm-hmm. And when I turned on that um you know uh fundraiser mm-hmm. and where there was the band singing about you know the city of ruins mm-hmm. and i went oh my goodness and then when i saw him live i went oh, oh what 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 is this yeah <laughs> and, and so yeah so i have that kind of uh, there is a always a special part in fact i kind of um, I was disappointed when I heard that a lot of the rising shows just were not recorded in a way that they can release them through the official archives. Yeah. Because, you know, my first show was in Dallas and I would love to have had that, you know, an official version of that show. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What, um, what are favorite and you know once again we just said here we don't like to rank but what are <laughs> what are albums and songs that have mean a lot to you and mm-hmm. your family um well certainly i mean you've mentioned a couple of times tunnel of love um i, I didn't uh, again i always you know I, I liked tunnel of love you know when i first heard it when i was a lot younger um but it had never it was never one of my favorites um, right and it's, it's probably sounds like a cliche, but I mean, I got a little bit older, I went through a divorce and I understand tunnel of love so much better now than I did before. And not even all the songs on it are, are, you know, breakup songs or sad songs. You know, there's some, uh, there's some happier songs on there too, but it's just the, again, it's kind of the tone and the mood of the album. Um, it's, is really something it's it's great i mean i it's it's shot up you know near the top of my list and just in the last couple of years of, of albums i can go back to over and over again yeah in fact i i've shared that um i think you either need to have some age have your heart broken or been in a marriage or a relationship for a while before yep. you can understand before tunnel love speaks to you and that's why I'm always surprised and it happens every once in a while I'll have this, you know, young fan like in their early twenties that mm-hmm. will talk about how much they love tunnel love. And I was like, have you just oh, had a really yeah. bad, you know, and they haven't, they just, just somehow the music spoke to them right away mm-hmm. about, you know, and, and they did that. So yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I love, um, in fact, you know when there's people who talk about you know why i don't want to see another album show i'd love a tunnel of love show i mean i just would that would just be so exciting Mm -hmm. uh what are some other ones you love um gosh i mean there's there's so many um sure one that my daughter loves now my daughter is nine okay Um, great and and she's pretty tolerant with you know some of the music that, that that i play um you know, like she's she's not super into like Dylan or Neil Young or, or even Springsteen yeah. yet, but you know she she'll give it a listen at least. And there's a couple, you know, everyone's most big. I like this one. I like that one. You know, she's real into you know stuff that a lot of kids are into. I mean, she's into like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, sure, um, and all that, which I think is totally fine. I, I actually love Taylor Swift um, completely unironically. I just I think she's great. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen her talk about meeting Bruce on YouTube. Oh, I have. I haven't. So it is worth, um, and you may want to look at it and then share it with your daughter. Uh, yeah. She talked about that um, Bruce brought his daughter and a couple of her friends to the show, and they mm-hmm. came back afterwards, and um, you know, and basically Taylor Swift handed them the guitar, 
and he signed it and started playing dancing in the dark for her and she was just like just was you know like this is the ultimate you know she became a fan right and and that's just that's cool anytime you see that happen i love that Yeah. yeah i love stuff like that um uh, but, but the one song that my daughter absolutely loves, and I can't remember if she heard the song first or if we read the book first, but she loves Outlaw P. Oh, how fun. Did you buy her the right. book? Yeah, and I, we found the book and it was the weirdest thing. So I remember when it came out, but I didn't get it. Um, you know, I did not have a daughter at the time, you know, so it wasn't yeah. really on the radar so much. And then we were just, we're, we have a, uh, you know, we live in a very small town, like in Northern Michigan. We have, you know, one of these cheap dollar store sure. you know, stores there. I just remember walking through the book section and there was Outlaw Pete sitting there for like $3. Oh, how fun. Yeah. And I was like, why is this here? You know, this is this like of all the random things just to find, you know, like if you usually find like, you know, Disney stuff or Paw Patrol or whatever, you know, like in the kids book section, there's a copy of Outlaw Pete sitting there for a couple of bucks. So we bought it and honestly, I said, now I can't remember if the song came first or the book, but she loves them both. Um, Yes. No, the book came afterwards. Uh, He had worked with the animator uh, to draw the book and it's you know his lyrics and mm-hmm. i will tell you i was not a fan of outlaw pete till mm-hmm. i bought the book and then kind of reading it and seeing the imagery i yeah. liked it a lot more now yeah oh i do too and i i knew the song came first i'm just i couldn't remember if my daughter heard yeah, the song which one she, which one she loved first yeah right yeah i can't remember which which one oh. yeah i felt the same way when i read the book I was like man the story it's actually a really cool story yeah mm-hmm. That's awesome. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, uh, so you're raising her to uh, <laughs> and and ready to take her to a show, right? I am ready to take her to a show. Yeah, I think. I mean, if he tours in 2022, uh, which, you know, the rumor is that he will, yeah. um, you know, and she'll be 10 probably by then. I mean, eh, that, that yeah. might be time to take her to one, you know. I think so. I think she'd be I think she'd enjoy it. I, I think yeah. that'd be good. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so um any other stories or songs that she likes or that you uh that mean a lot to you uh certainly you know the the songs that mean a lot to me like um kind of the whole rising album again like i kind of mentioned i i went to the i went to pick it up at midnight when it came out we have uh meyer stores in michigan that's where we used to go you know buy our cds because they were open 24 hours so we could go there at midnight you know on monday nights because cds used to come out on tuesdays Right? My, yeah, right? sure. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be Monday night, you know, midnight. I remember I went with uh, with my friend Bob, who, you know, likes a lot of the same music that I like, um, you know, into Springsteen and all that. So we, you know, we share a lot of that together. And he actually, that's who I went to see him in 2003 and 2007. I went with my friend Bob um, mm-hmm. and, you know, a couple other people. But so I just remember, you know, driving, uh, you know, driving to Meyer that night, you know, being excited to get the album, you know, unwrapping it right away, you know, putting it in the car and just driving around because it was summer, you know, it came out sure. in July, I think. Uh, so, you know, it was summer. So we didn't, you know, didn't have to get up for anything in the morning. You know, we were, uh, you know, t- early 20s at, at the time and just, you know, driving around listening to that album. Um, you know, and I hadn't really heard any of the songs from it. You know, I'd heard My City of Ruins. I think I'd heard The Rising. But there's yeah. 13, 13 other songs on that album. And gosh, they're they're pretty good. I mean, there's, it's, yeah. a, it's a really strong album. Uh, I think even removed from from the context of of the time. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a really strong album. Um, and then of course, I mean, who doesn't have an attachment to Born to Run? Yeah. You know, it's it's the cliche answer, but I mean, it's eight songs. They're all perfect. I mean, there, there's I'm sure other people have more eloquently stated all the, uh, you know, the, the, the charms and, and, you know, the beauty and born to run, but it's, I mean, it's just perfect. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, so let's say we get a chance to, he tours and you're getting a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, what are songs you want to hear live? Oh gosh, again, so many. And, you know, even some that I've heard, I would love to hear him do again, you know, yeah. at this point. But uh, I mean, as far as new stuff, um, he was out with E Street. You know, I don't think really the Western Star stuff would be much that he would play. You know, yeah. For the so if he's out with E Street, I mean, I'd love to hear uh, Burn and Train live. Yeah, you know, I think that'd absolutely. Be um, and I think that'd be a great uh, song to start a concert with. I think he talked about that in an interview. Um, yeah. When he played it that night. So that'd be a, like a great song to open with um i'd like to hear i'll see you in my dreams um yeah i think would be would be really great to hear from from the new album and uh um house of a thousand guitars i think would be great 
Mm, yeah. Uh, really to hear too. And, and one that I've always, I always want to hear it. I've seen him play it once. Um, but I always get excited when this is on, you know, he releases those uh, archive releases every month or whatever. I always get excited when it's on there. I, if I ever go see him again, I just want him to play Youngstown. Just the way okay. he plays it live. That song, like I was deeply obsessed with it for, I, I think a week, maybe it was about a year, a year and a half ago when I just, I listened to it almost nonstop. And I think my girlfriend thought it was insane. She's really come around to liking Bruce now, but she, she was not, uh, not anti-Bruce at first, just kind of ambivalent, you know, didn't really yeah. know, you know, wasn't, you know, you know, but she's kind of come around to liking it. But, but yeah, I went through this week where I just, I couldn't stop listening to Youngstown and just the way he transformed it from what it was on the album into what it became in the live shows. Like particularly I had that live in New York version, you know, from the reunion tour CD and man, it's just the things he did with that song and what he made it, what he turned it into, I still think is, is just incredible. And that line, there's this one line in that song uh, where he's describing you know, the town and he says, you know, those smokestacks reaching like the arms of God into a beautiful sky of soot and clay. Oh man, that's so cool. Like nobody else describes yeah. stuff like that. Um, that line in particular just got me. There's a couple other versions I've heard. You know, there's, there was a Philadelphia uh, bootleg that came out, um, but the version is just incredible. And, and that's, I mean, I love hearing that song. Uh, love hearing that one live for sure. Um, yeah. And I also, I've always loved land of hope and dreams too. Um, yeah. That's a great one. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen that live. I know I saw him the, when I saw him in 07, he closed with American land, which is super fun. Uh, yeah, I love that song. It's it yeah. definitely makes my top ten, and mm-hmm. I, I will. Land of Hope and Dreams is probably my number one song. Like right oh, when really? I yeah. I had to, just there's something about that that hope and that mm-hmm. happiness just means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's a yeah, it's a terrific song. I I prefer the live version to the one that they did for Wrecking Ball, but yeah. Um, you know, either way you do it it's yeah it's just a terrific song yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um what uh what do you think when he tours mm-hmm. um what kind of show do you think we'll get uh we just uh blogness on the edge of town just had a you know a uh mm-hmm. a, a um you know a, a poll and you know it's like the choices were well he'll do a lot of letter to you he'll do uh maybe a mixture of letter to you western stars he'll do uh more of a greatest hits um what what do you think we're going to get when he tours again uh well i think it is going to be a lot of letter to you um just because you know it's funny they didn't really spend a lot of time with those songs you know they made the album in what you know five was it five days yeah exactly um, yeah that they made the album so i mean i'm sure they you know rehearsed and everything before that so i mean they're with them but i mean some of these albums, you know, take years to, to complete and they spend months and months on these things. So, you know, I feel like, gosh, they'd probably be sick of the songs by then, but you know, they didn't spend a lot of time with these songs. So I would imagine that they want to get out and play them live and uh, you know, kind of, kind of get, get them out there. It's a you know different experience to hear the song live, even if they're playing it exactly like it is on the album. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be different. So I think they'll do a lot of letter to you. I really don't see a lot of Western stars coming up just because again, they're not, you know, I won't have the orchestra to be with E street and yeah. I feel like it's kind of like a self-contained, like he did everything he wanted to do with Western stars by releasing the album and then the film. And I feel like that's just kind of, it's like, other than American land, you don't really hear Seeger sessions songs at, right. You know, like the E street shows, you know? So I, so I don't think he'll play a lot of Western stars, but then, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a pretty typical Bruce show after that. I think, you know, he'll, he'll do a lot of letter to you and then it'll be, you know, some greatest hits and, you know, hopefully some deep cuts and some, you know, surprises. <laughs> and I mean, if I went to a show and he would play something like, you know, like incident on 57th street or, you know, part man, part monkey, or just, you know, something just bizarre and off the wall, you know, that would, uh, I think that would be super fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what should I have asked you that I haven't asked you? Oh, well, that's a good question. And the, tell you the why you're thinking i had a guest um god years ago and um we we had our discussion we finished and then um i turned off the recorder and i said hey you know this was great i really appreciate being honest and he goes oh no problem he says next time i'll tell you the time i got drunk with the e street band what oh. what what <laughs> 
how do you not lead with that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm not saying you got drunk with the E Street Band, but if there was a story that you're like, oh yeah, I meant to tell him that. That was yeah. a good time, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, yeah, I definitely don't have anything okay. that cool. You know, okay. that, that cool that happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> trying to think of uh, um, something that would be a good question to be asked or something that I would ask somebody. Um, I mean, I would, you know, I'd probably ask someone like, you know, like if you got to meet, you know, if you got to meet Bruce, what would you say? Because yeah, well, okay. Like, yeah, that's you know, a good question. Like, yeah. What would you, is there uh what do you, what would you want to know? You know, I would, I would probably ask him, I don't know, maybe this is like cliche or anything, but I would, you know, I would ask him like, what's his, you know, what's his favorite song of his, you know, what's his favorite album of sure. his, it's going to be completely different than what, you know, musicians and, and artists in, in a lot of ways are, are I, I find are, are strange judges of their own material sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Bruce is, is really on point that like, he, I think he knows like what was good and what was, you know, what was not as good. And um, mm-hmm. I just think he'd have a really interesting perspective on that. Like he's, yeah. he's so different than like, I mean, for me, it's like Springsteen and Dylan are like the greatest songwriters ever. And it's like a one A and one B for me. I have a hard time choosing between them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're so different where like, you know, Dylan can write songs like, I mean, you know, anything on blood on the tracks, you know, like, yeah, just this is like idiot winds, like, oh my God, you know, who writes, you know, like what kind of alien species is writing this song? You, you know, where do these, you know, where do these images come from? Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts, like all that kind of, you know, odd stuff. And, and, and Dylan, I feel like is not approachable. You know, like I've seen Dylan in concert, like I've been fairly close to him and just like, yeah. How many times he, have you seen Dylan perform? I've seen Dylan four times actually. Okay. Um, yeah. Early two thousands. Uh, I got to see him, you know, a couple of years in a row. Uh, saw him tour once with Willie Nelson, which was very cool. Um, My friend but- went to that show. Uh, he when it came to Dallas, it was at a ball field. Yep. And yeah, and he he really enjoyed it. It was yeah, it was great. I mean, um, I didn't know who you know like Lucas and Micah Nelson were at the time, but I think they were playing with them too. Um, and Amy Lou Harris was with them that night. So it was very yeah, it was way cool. It was at a ball you know minor league baseball field. It was awesome. Um. But, you know, when I look at him, like, he doesn't seem, like, approachable, whereas, like, you, know, you see somebody like Bruce, and you, know, you watch him do interviews, and he just seems like a, a regular person. I mean, for a guy who's got as many hundreds of millions as he has, uh, he just seems like such a regular guy, and, and I, I, I mean, I know I'm not uh, saying anything, you know, anybody listening to this doesn't already know, but that's, to me, that's just, that's, that's the appeal, you know, like, I feel like he could be your neighbor, you know, and he's, he's just a guy, you know, whereas, like, Dylan, I feel like, is just going to evaporate into thin air one day, back to his home planet or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and Bruce just feels like like a real human being. He's just he's just, he's the coolest. Yeah, that that's 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 true. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so um, let's uh, let's move on to the Mary question. Yeah. So um, if you are a um, friend of uh jacob and you go you're listening to the podcast first off thank you i hope you've enjoyed listening to your friend i think he's done great <laughs> but i end every podcast with a merry question and what that is is jay armstrong who is an honors english teacher recently retired in the philadelphia area will end he will have his senior spend two days breaking apart the song Thunder Road, looking at the lyrics, looking at the themes and talking about what the song means and what the story Bruce is trying to tell. And at the end of the two days, he asks his class, does Mary get in the car? So that is your question, Jake. Does Mary get in the car? 100%. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yep. Give a little. You have. Do you have any justification? Any explain your answer or? It's well. It's hard to because it's just the you know. It's just the feeling I get. Um. You know. He's. He's. I think he's written other songs where Mary didn't get in the car. Um. You, you know, like stuff on maybe like Nebraska, or maybe a couple of things on the river. Um. But Thunder. Uh. You know, Thunder Road just doesn't doesn't strike me. It doesn't strike me as ultimately sad. I. I, I think she gets okay. in the car. Yeah. It just. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I can't, I, I can't really articulate it, but it just, it doesn't feel like one of those songs I could compare it to something like, um, 
uh, like Highway Patrolman or, um, you know, like Stolen Car. Like those songs kind of have a more, kind of like a more somber tone that I feel like Thunder Road just doesn't have. And I don't, and I feel like, especially it being the opening track on the album, I, I don't think he'd, I don't think that album would start that way. Okay. That just doesn't feel, yeah, that doesn't feel right to me. Maybe if it was the last song, um, but, you know, Jungle Land goes on last and you, you can't top that at the end. So, okay. Very nice. Good. Um, any final thoughts you want to share? Uh, this, well, this has been really cool. Just getting to talk about Springsteen. Like I said, my, my girlfriend, I, I don't know if she'll end up listening to this whole thing or not. She, she puts up with a lot of, of, <laughs> of my talking about him. Like said, she's, she likes him now and she's, you know, she's pretty into him, but you know, I, I'm a fanatic and, and she, she puts yes. up with so it's well, nice to be able to talk to another fanatic too. Well, you know? think about poor uh, Mrs set lusting bruce my lovely bride linda (laughs) and i can't tell you how often jacob i'll go hey you want to hear something is it about bruce yeah never mind (laughs) you know like yep (laughs) it's like uh okay yeah then no never mind no just so yeah Yeah. um are you on it uh if someone wants to reach you are you on any social media at all uh, yeah, I mean, I have a like a personal Facebook page, and okay. um, I do. I am a big movie guy too, so I have a Letterboxed page. Um, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with what Letterboxed is, but no, it's, send me. Uh, what's the uh, what's that link? Uh, or you just, can send it to me. Yeah, I can send it to you. It's like um, it's almost like a social networking site for uh, the movies you watch. Like you can log the movies you watch. You know, uh, put star ratings on them. Uh, you know, search out other movies, make lists of things you want to see. You know, see what other people are watching and rating. Like you know, I've got some of my friends on there and some other people that you know I just think are interesting. You know, write interesting things. You know, you can write reviews. It's all kinds of like movie stuff. It's just if, if anybody's if you're a movie nerd at all, you have to be on Letterbox. It's way it's very it's very cool. I'll have to check that out. Um... Yeah. Do you have a favorite genre or a couple of favorite directors or songs uh, yeah. oh, or films yeah. you love? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love, 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 love. I've been going through their movies again with another friend of mine. Uh, the Coen brothers are probably my favorite. I was actually, um, my brother and I were born in the same town that Joel and Ethan were born in, which is St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Um, yes you know we didn't become famous filmmakers but we were still born in the same town and i like telling people that uh but the, yeah the coen brothers I mean fargo i think is perfection and uh the big lebowski is i've seen a hundred times and is still amazing and their early films you know your blood simple uh miller's crossing um you know barton sure. fink uh and then even on into the later stuff you know inside lewin davis and and they're just i i think they're fantastic they're probably my favorites and you know, I love some of the other cliche choices too. Like, of course, Scorsese is amazing and uh, Stanley Kubrick is amazing. He's, Stanley's probably the best, Kubrick's probably the best ever. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, I love documentaries too. Like I, I really get into documentaries. Um, you know, I try to watch, you know, 20 to 30 new ones every year. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I see that Brian Wilson, they have a new documentary coming out. I'm excited about seeing oh, it. Oh, they do, okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they've done multiple of things with him, like the making a small and other thing. Right. Um, before I was obsessed with Bruce, I was obsessed with Brian. So he remains yeah. one of my, you know, favorites. So, well, very good. Um, all right. Uh, hang tight while I close up. Um, sure. Listeners, thank you for listening. Please go get vaccinated. Let's uh, let's get this pandemic behind us so we can go see live music. Let's remember to social distance, wear your mask when you need to, wash your hands. Let's all be good to each other because that's how we're going to go through this. Jake, thank you. Lister, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation. And I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. 
There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.